Hello, and welcome to another podcast with me, David Plott, MLEX's Managing Editor for Asia. I'm based here in Hong Kong, and not far from here, there have been some pretty interesting developments recently that got the attention of our corruption reporters. Specifically, those events have been taking place in mainland China. Just this week, the Chinese government requested and got a notice issued by Interpol for the arrest of a Chinese tycoon who's been out of the country for two years. Here to take us through the details of that case, others like it, and what it all means is MLEX corruption specialist, To Han Shu. Welcome to this MLEX podcast, Han Shu. Thank you for having me, David. What happened in this case, and why do the Chinese want this man arrested? Yes, um, I think last Wednesday, the Chinese foreign ministry confirmed that the Interpol, at the request of the Chinese government, has put out a red notice uh, for this fugitive Chinese tycoon who's now based in the States. His name is Guo Wenkui in Mandarin. He's also popularly called as Miles Guok. I believe the Chinese government want him for two main reasons. One is that um, Chinese financial media, such as Caixin, has reported that he has allegedly colluded with two very senior Chinese officials in order to improperly obtain business advantages. Uh, specifically, he's reported and alleged to have colluded with Ma Qian, a former senior Chinese intelligence officer, and also with Zhang Yue, a former senior police chief of Hebei province. Uh, Ma Qian is currently under investigation for corruption, and yesterday, um, the trial of um, Zhang Ye opened in a Chinese court where he has confessed to the corruption charges against him. Now, this case involves uh, just one tycoon, but it's, it's, it's obviously part of a, a much broader anti-corruption campaign that the Chinese government been, has been engaged in for a number of years now. Uh, tell us about this anti-corruption campaign and how and why it started, and what's different about it now? Yes, I also would also like to add another possible reason the Chinese government wants this man, uh, Guo Wenkui, who's now based in the States, is that um, you know, he himself has publicly said that the Chinese government wants to silence him because he has publicly hinted that he would make what he claims were explosive allegations against um, the uh, some very senior Chinese officials, and he has already made some of these allegations. Um, of course, there's no proof that these allegations are true, but if pe- enough people believe them, it might threaten to derail China's anti-corruption campaign. Now, China's anti-corruption campaign began at the end of 2012, when the Chinese pres- current Chinese President Xi Jinping took power. It's been fairly intense since um, 2012, the end of 2012. But I think there have been several new features that have recently emerged, uh, the first is that the Chinese government has recently said that its explicit emphasis in the anti-corruption campaign this year is to search for the overseas assets of um, Chinese corruption suspects. And, uh, and another thing is that in February, several senior Chinese regulators have explicitly called for the capture of um, what they term capitalist crocodiles, which are wealthy Chinese tycoons who have the money, the resources, and the political connections to potentially wreak havoc in um, China's uh, financial markets. Um, some top Chinese regulators also said that even if these um, capitalist crocodiles are based overseas, China will spare no effort in uh, bringing them to justice back in China. The 
the whole campaign initially seemed to be focused on political figures, political leaders, uh, government officials. Uh, there seems to have been a shift now um, to focus on the financial sector, players in the, in the private sector, and even government regulators of those sectors. Why this new emphasis on the financial sector? You're quite right to say that uh, the anti-corruption campaign is also targeting government regulators because just earlier in April, um, the chairman of the China Insurance Regulatory Commission, Xiang Jinpo, um, has been dismissed and placed under investigation for um, corruption, suspected corruption. And what is really ironic is, in February, Xiang Jinpo joined some other regulators in calling for the capture of capitalist crocodiles, yet he himself is taken down. Um, I think the Chinese government's current emphasis on the financial sector is that the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, is genuinely serious about wanting to uh, push through reforms in China's finance sector. The Chinese president sees um, China's uh, financial sector as still uh, relatively uh, immature and weak with loopholes and prone to certain risks like um, you know, capital outflow. Uh, but he perceives, and I believe this is true, that some very powerful vested interests, including the families of current or former Chinese officials, are blocking the way to this financial reform because it hurts their vested interests. So um, uh, that is why the chi China's current anti-corruption campaign is targeted at uh, uh, such of officials and uh, vested interests. Now, what are the risks uh, in all of this for international financial institutions or uh, corporations doing business in China or with China? There are several risks. One very obvious risk that has been in the media publicity lately, is um, international uh, banks ha have a tendency to hire the children and relatives and friends of Chinese officials at the, allegedly at the request of Chinese officials. And um, a, a clear example of this is several months ago, uh, J.P. Morgan agreed to pay $264 million U.S. dollars in fines to the U.S. authorities to settle the U.S. authorities' allegations that J.P. Morgan improperly hired um, the children and associates of um, officials of uh, China and other Asian countries. Related to that risk is um, there is a possibility that these international banks, in return for agreeing to hiring their children and friends of um, Chinese officials, uh, may perhaps get um, business advantages such as the ability to help underwrite the IPOs of big Chinese companies in New York and Hong Kong. And uh, possibly, um, these international banks might be tempted to turn a blind eye to uh, potential co corporate governance prob uh, problems of these big Chinese companies and let them list anyway. Yet another risk is related to uh, the Chinese government's emphasis on seeking the overseas assets of corruption suspects for this year. Um, because typically, uh, a, a corrupt person, when he wants to hide his money abroad, will typically deposit his money in banks overseas, bank accounts overseas or uh, invest in property overseas. So I suspect and I foresee that uh, for this coming year in the near future, the Chinese government will seek greater international cooperation with the relevant countries uh, to search for 
um, the, the bank accounts or, and the uh, property investments of uh, these corruption suspects. And this will probably have a very big impact on um, the banks and the property sector of uh, various countries. Um, it is quite possible, very probable, in fact, that um, China's anti-corruption campaign will spark an international money laundering scandal similar to the money laundering scandal that's now uh, affecting the Malaysian state fund 1MDB. Uh, the 1MDB scandal has caused uh, uh, several banks to be punished and at least one Swiss bank to have its license revoked uh, because they have not been uh, rigorous enough in preventing uh, the, the alleged laundering of 1MDB funds. Um, it is quite likely that something similar might happen in relation to a Chinese anti-corruption campaign. Now this fall, the Chinese Communist Party is going to be holding its 19th Party Congress. Um, how do you see the anti-corruption campaign moving forward between now and then? And is there any sort of political element to this anti-corruption campaign that... Uh, that might be associated with the 19th Party Congress? I think China's anti-corruption campaign will intensify in the run-up to the 19th Party Congress this autumn. Um, the Chinese President Xi Jinping wants to consolidate his power, push through his uh, reform agenda and put his own people in place in the Chinese leadership um, right up to the 19th Party Congress. And related to that, he will most probably want to remove uh, his political rivals who are blocking his reform agenda and his uh, desire to consolidate his power. Uh, this is where politics and China's anti-corruption campaign intersect. I mean, in fact, the Chinese uh, government statements in the anti-corruption campaign have been quite explicit about the political angle and the political flavor of the um, anti-corruption campaign. Many uh, statements by the Chinese authorities have repeatedly called for what it says, what it describes as political discipline in the anti-corruption fight, requiring Chinese officials to respect political discipline. So there's a very explicit political color to this whole thing. And as a result, I see a very high likelihood that in the run-up to the 90 Party Congress this fall, uh, more tigers, which is a nickname for powerful Chinese officials, and more capitalist crocodiles, um, in other words, wealthy tycoons suspected of corruption, will be taken up, down before then. Tigers and crocodiles. It really is a jungle in China these days. Uh, and as you say, Hansha, the body count in Beijing's anti-corruption campaign only looks set to rise. So between now and that Communist Party Congress in the fall, it seems we'll be seeing plenty of MLEX corruption coverage out of China. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Hansha. Thanks very much for sharing your insights with us and our subscribers. You are welcome. Okay, if you'd like to read Hansha's reporting on China's intensifying anti-corruption campaign, you can find it on our website. You've been listening to To Hansha. I'm David Plot. Thanks very much for joining us. See you next time on another MLEX podcast.